0: the grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Where the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. Another Trump-supporting white supremacist goes free as the politicization of the courtroom reaches a fever pitch. But first, a word from our sponsor. Forever 17 is a company that creates beauty elixirs and was co-founded by entrepreneurs Martha and Tammy. Years ago, Martha began a quest to learn how to heal her body naturally. Upon discovering plant-based essential oils and being an amazing culinary artist, she began experimenting with all sorts of creative concoctions in her kitchen, including facial serums, body butters, and balms. With a newfound resolve to walk away from products with ingredients she couldn't pronounce, she embarked on a journey to create wonderful natural elixirs that help the skin and ultimately to share with family and friends alike. Get these products today at forever17.net and see all the products that Martha and Tammy have created for you. Martha and Tammy are patriots who love God and country. By purchasing these beauty products, you may be turning back the clock on your appearance and supporting an American business with like-minded entrepreneurs. Check out their company today at forever17.net. That's forever17.net today. Be sure to mention that you are a kingdom patriot. Okay, you've probably heard enough already on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. If not, let's do a quick recap. It all starts with Jacob Blake. He had a warrant out for his arrest for third-degree sexual assault, trespassing disorderly conduct related to domestic abuse. That's where the story really starts. Jacob Blake being criminally charged and a subsequent warrant issued for his arrest, you have to go back to August the 23rd, 2020. So here are just a few snippets of that of that particular case. A woman filed a complaint. She called 911 at 5.11 p.m. saying Jacob Blake had taken her car keys and her kids despite not being illegally allowed on the premises as he was trespassing. The woman who made the call was the woman who filed the complaint, the original sexual assault complaint. Jacob Blake is 29 years old, 5 foot 9, and 160 pounds. Presumably at the height and weight and age, I'm guessing he's in pretty decent shape. The police show up. He won't comply. They use a taser on him twice, while the woman who filed the complaint and called 911 is yelling, he's got my kids, he's got my keys. He scuffles with the police officers, including put one officer in a headlock. Jacob Blake also has a knife. He opens the car door. He leans in. Officer Shesky fires seven shots. Later, Blake admitted, yes, I did have the knife, and I was not thinking clearly. Jacob Blake did survive. He was taken to the hospital, but he's now paralyzed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what the Kyle Rittenhouse case is all about. I don't know Jacob Blake. I don't know if he had a tough upbringing. I know none of these things. All I know is what I can assess from the facts of the case. Here's a man that has a warrant out for his arrest. He shows up where he's not allowed to be. He has a weapon. He steals his girlfriend's keys and allegedly her children. I believe three of them were in the car, depending on which report you read. He doesn't comply with the police officers. He has non-lethal tasing used upon him. He still doesn't comply. He scuffles with the police. He puts a police officer in a headlock. He reaches into his vehicle and he gets shot as the shooting officer, Chesky, says he thought Blake was trying to kidnap the children. This entire case, all the subsequent protests, none of this occurs if Jacob Blake does one of two things. One, he doesn't trespass. Or two, he complies with the officer's commands. You have to understand that this was the case. Because if you don't understand that, you can't really understand the Rittenhouse trial and where these origins came from. Those are the facts of the original of the origins of this case with Jacob Blake. But make no mistake, Black Lives Matter Movement Inc. and the national media have an agenda. So let's read the headlines from some of these sources as related to the Jacob Blake shooting. New York Times: Jacob Blake, a 29-year-old black man, was left par- partially paralyzed after a white police officer shot him seven times in the back outside an apartment complex in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Wikipedia, Jacob S. Blake, a 29-year-old black man, was shot and seriously injured by a police officer by Rustin Shesky in Kenosha, Wisconsin. USA Today, shortly after 5 p.m. local time. Jacob Blake, a 29-year-old black man, is shot by police while getting into an SUV with his three sons, ages 8, 5, and 3. A bystander's video appears to show a white police officer grabbing Blake by the back of the shirt, as Blake enters his vehicle, then shooting him from behind seven times at close range. Again, the New York Times, Jacob Blake, rare survivor at center of police protests, starts telling his own story. You could Google this kind of stuff forever. Did you notice anything? Every opening statement included Black as the description of Jacob Blake. There's no mention, at least in the headline, of criminal, trespassing, warrant, sexual assault. It's just all about the fact that Jacob Blake is black, and the officer who shot him is white. Now, I wasn't there, and I have seen the video footage. It's certainly a tragedy, but this is why also I would never want to be a police officer because I don't ever want to be in that position to make snap decisions in the heat of a threat. I just don't know that I would respond real well. But given all the facts I've just mentioned, how would you describe Jacob Blake? Would you describe him as a criminal? Would you describe him as a trespasser? Would you describe him as an innocent victim? Let's look at what some of our leaders are saying. Kamala Harris spoke to the family and said, I'm so proud of you for working through your pain. Joe Biden met with a family and he said this, what I came away with was the overwhelming sense of resilience and optimism that they have about the kind of response they're getting. Joe Biden further opined when he was talking about Blake, we talked about nothing, how nothing was going to defeat him. And he said whether he walked again or not, he was not going to give up. I'm just curious. Is he not going to give up on what? He's not going to give up wielding a knife, sexual assault, attempted kidnapping, resisting law enforcement? Or is he not going to give up on something more noble, like trying to walk and recover from his injuries? It is paramount to understand the origin of the story because the media have made Jacob Blake out to be a hero against white supremacy. The Black Lives Matter, Inc. organization sees this as a modern-day expression of Martin Luther King and Cal Rittenhouse to be a swastika assault weapon-toting murderer. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why facts matter. For the left, feelings determine the facts. So this tragedy happened on August the 23rd, 2020. What happened next? Well, violent protests erupt in Kenosha, Wisconsin, businesses were burned to the ground and there was rampant looting. Police used rubber bullets and tear gas to control the rioters more than once. Rittenhouse had an AR-15 purchased in Wisconsin and was asked to guard a car dealership as well as to provide aid to anyone injured. That's the reason he brought a medical kit. Joseph Rosenbaum, having just been released from the hospital that day for a suicide attempt, and by the way, a career criminal, we'll talk about that in a little bit, attacks Rittenhouse and tries to grab his rifle. He's shot four times and he dies. Anthony Huber attacks Rittenhouse with a skateboard, hitting him two times in the head and trying a third. Rittenhouse shoots him and he is killed. Gage Grosskreutz has a pistol and advances towards Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse shoots him in the arm. As a side note, the prosecutor in the case suggested that Rosenbaum, Huber, and Grosskreutz were heroes who were responding to an active shooter situation. Really? Let's take a look at these three. Rosenbaum. This is the individual we're talking about. Open case for misdemeanor, bail jumping, domestic battery, disorderly conduct, 11 counts of child molestation, inappropriate sexual activity with boys ages 5 to 11, in which he spent significant time in the penitentiary. Registered sex offender in both Arizona and Wisconsin. And while in the Arizona penitentiary, Rosenbaum showed his violent tendencies as he was cited for assaulting staff, throwing things, possession of a weapon, assault with a weapon, disobeying orders, and tampering with security. Evidence shows on the night in question that Rosenbaum was belligerent, agitated, and repeatedly issued threats to Rettenhaus, including, if I catch you alone, I am going to kill you. Okay, well, maybe, maybe something different about Anthony Huber. Anthony Huber was a domestic abuse repeat offender, He had been cited for disorderly conduct, possessing drug paraphernalia, second-degree recklessly endangering safety, strangulation and suffocation felony, false imprisonment felony, battery, and two counts of disorderly conduct. What about Grosskreutz? Drunk driving, forfeiture cases, disobedience to officers, criminal conviction for being drunk with a firearm, affiliated with the People's Revolution, a group out of Milwaukee, prowling and lurking near West Allis police, and a disorderly conduct conviction. Do you remember what I said several podcasts ago comparing the progressive left and conservatives? Remember, the far left is only concerned with outcomes, not facts, not due process. The reason this court case is an atrocity in their eyes is because it didn't come to the right outcome. It does not matter that the evidence did not support the charge. And the media has taken this hook, line, and sinker. Although hook, line, and sinker would seem to indicate that the media was duped. And I'm beginning to believe that's just not the case. I think the media is part of as part of this agenda, part of this machine. I don't believe there's so much being duped as much as they're trying to do the duping. I can't believe the media has touted these three individuals as heroes, as people who were peacefully protesting. These were career criminals, violent criminals. It's on video that they had threatened Rosenhaus. The video on Rosenhaus shows that he tried to run away. They chased him. He tried to get away, only as a last resort self-defense? Did he fire on these individuals? But that's not, the, that's not the narrative you hear in the media. I'm sure you know the ending. Cal Rittenhouse was acquitted on all accounts. Count one, first-degree reckless homicide and use of a dangerous weapon. Count two, first-degree recklessly endangering safety and use of a dangerous weapon. First-degree recklessly endangering safety use of a dangerous weapon. So there were two counts there. First-degree and in intentional homicide use of a dangerous weapon. Attempted first-degree intentional homicide Use of a dangerous weapon and possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18 that was dismissed. Failure to comply with emergency order from state or local government that was also dismissed. I share all of this because I want it fresh in your mind. Make no mistake, national media are calling this a travesty, an audacious outcome. They are calling for Rittenhouse's head. They are beside themselves. None, absolutely none of the evidence, including ironclad video evidence, can support a guilty verdict, but it doesn't matter. Only feelings of outrage matter and this should matter to you. This case should never have been brought to trial. And worse, this 17-year-old, well, he's 18 now, he should spend the rest of his life in jail, according to the pundits. And why? Because he defended himself. The narrative must be white supremacy. True, the three criminals that were shot were all white, but they're called allies of Black Lives Matter Inc. because they participated in the riots, the looting, and burning businesses. So by de facto, Rittenhouse is a bigot and a racist. Do you remember when we discussed critical race theory several weeks ago in a podcast? This is a perfect example. CRT must create racism where it doesn't exist, but it has to tout this narrative that the entire system is racist and must be torn down. And again, I will continue to say this over and over. I believe racism absolutely exists in our country, but I don't believe the entire system is systemically racist. And Rittenhouse, in this case, is guilty because he's part of that system. And in effect, he was trying to defend the systemic racist structure when so-called peaceful demonstrators were trying to dismantle the system, one riot at a time. The thing that outrages me most in regards to this prosecution, this is not the first time we've seen this, but it appears that outside, national media and political pressure played a major role in this case being brought to trial. That is what is more concerning than anything, because our court system is supposed to be free from politics. But if a local prosecutor can be influenced by pressure of this magnitude, what happens when another landmark abortion case gets to the Supreme Court? You are woefully naive if you think that that kind of pressure can't impact those justices as well. After all, we are all human. All this leads me to this. How can we make a difference? Right now, there is significant attention being given to school boards and their shady dealings, and rightly so. But if we want to positively impact our country for what is right and true and just, we cannot stop at the school boards. It truly means we have to be involved at every single level of public service. School boards, yes. National, congressional elections, yes. But county commissioners, prosecutors, mayors, city councils, we must have our voices heard at every step of the way, in every race, in every public position in which we elect those individuals. We have so much work to do, but that's why the Kingdom Patriot Group was formed. We were formed to inform so that our voices can unite and make a difference. Kingdom purpose. I could go on and on about this on today's topic, but alas, I must land the plane. So, just to recap, Jacob Blake was a criminal who resisted authorities and was shot. The Black Lives Matter Inc. organization and other protesters showed showed up and used this as a reason for rioting, looting, and destruction. Kyle Rittenhouse showed up to help, and in self defense, shot three criminals. The media portrays three heroes that were shot by a white supremacists, but because you listen to the grid, you know different. As Paul Harvey used to say, "Now you know." the rest of the story. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of The Grid. And thanks again to our sponsor, Forever 17. Visit www.forever17.net to get your turn-back-the-clock beauty elixirs today, and you will be supporting Martha and Tammy. Don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated, your input is valued, your voice is needed. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot.